are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. The NBA playoffs are here. Don't miss the big storylines and team previews you can find every day on the Lockdown NBA podcast. Follow the Lockdown NBA podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. And you can find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. And I'm putting a little bit more emphasis on the YouTube version because I've got a bunch of research. I got all my clips ready. I'm going to have a video dropping sometime this week, probably on the weekend when I got a little bit more time. Uh, I, I'm not going to tell you guys what it's about, even though I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys probably can guess if you guys have followed me on Twitter. I've been kind of hinting at it, but I do have a video coming out on YouTube soon about one of the Piston players, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that over at Coos Ballroom. But I hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, the NBA playoffs, this this NBA playoff weekend was great uh, it's, it, with the NBA playing as well. It was it was all great. Uh, I obviously would rather have like Steph in the playoffs. I'm a big Steph guy, but even with that, the Grizzlies are a lot of fun. John Morant's arriving, and just in general, the NBA playoffs have been a lot of fun. So I hope you guys, even though I, I hope that most of you guys are Piston fans, I hope you guys are still having a lot of fun watching the NBA playoffs because it really is it has been a lot of fun. And I think the first round of the playoffs for the NBA is always the most fun because of. You know, it's a lot more even match teams, so you get a lot closer games, a lot more suspense and, and all that. Once you get deeper in, like, maybe the second round, you'll get, like, a team that's, like, just not really on a, another team's level and it gets kind of blown out. But I feel like the first round is always usually the best kind. So, yeah, my probably my favorite part. Uh, make sure you guys tweet me what you guys' favorite part from this weekend's of NBA playoff basketball. Uh, my favorite part so far is definitely probably Trey Young's game winner. And then his uh, celebration afterwards, the cockiness and the basically telling the Nick's uh, crowd, it, it seems pretty quiet in here. And then rubbing his shoulder, shivering. It seems pretty cold in here. It's pretty pretty quiet in here. What happened? That was that, that was definitely really dope. Uh, but I've talked enough about that for a minute for the Pistons podcast. But today on today's podcast, we're going to be giving everyone their season review. All the players' season review on the Pistons. So how I'm going to do this, I did this last year. Uh, writing art. I think I did it through a video on my YouTube channel. But the way I do it is... We're not going to like compare the players' seasons to other players in the NBA. The way I do it is I like to look at what they were planned to do, what, what people thought they were going to do at the beginning of the year, so their expectations, and did they exceed the expectations, did they meet expectations, or did they fall below expectations. So that's how I like to go about it, then I grade accordingly off of that. So it should take up the entire podcast, that's what I plan on doing, so that's what we're going to go about it. So first up, we're going to go ahead and start with I think this one actually be a fun one to start off with. So Mason Plumley, Mason Plumley, I think is like I said, I think he's probably the most fun one to do here, honestly, or one of the funner ones to start off with is because when Troy Weaver signed him in the off season, I mean, I don't think that I saw a single person happy about it. I mean, a few people were like just indifferent about it, but there were a ton of people just like, oh, why would you spend money on getting Mason Plumley? He's not even that good. What's wrong with you? Blah, blah, you've, you've spent too much money on him and all this other stuff. And like I said, a lot of people just thought he wasn't really that good. However, Mason Plumley was really good for the Pistons this year. 
Before this season, guess how many triple-doubles Mason Plumlee had in his career? He had zero triple-doubles. Guess how many triple-doubles he had this year for the Pistons? He had two triple-doubles this season. Mason Plumlee. Mason Plumlee had two triple-doubles this year for the Pistons. Okay? So, not only do you go off of that, which is obviously pretty cool for a big guy to get, never having done it in his career, it was pretty dope to see him do it. Let's just go through some of the things he did this year, just basic, just looking at his stats. So, he had a career-high free throw percentage. He's been a historically awful free throw shooter. Had his best year so far from the stripe. He's at 67% from the line, which is not great, but still a career-high. He had a career-high assists per game at 3.6. Had a career-high total rebounds a game at 9.3. He had he tied his career-high in um, points per game at 10.4. So, he just overall had... A really good season for the Pistons. He shot 61% from the field. Tied his... All, wait, no, not tied. But this is his second highest field goal percentage in a season. So, I mean, he just—he was just really solid for the Pistons. Just really solid. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. But he was just really good for the Pistons. I think a lot of contenders probably would have wished they had Mason Plumlee. I'm not going to lie. Like, the Brooklyn Nets, when they were looking for centers, now, obviously, they got, like... I, I see, like, I believe in the first game they were running Blake at five or whatever. But... When they were, like, looking for big men, I'm sure they probably would have liked to have Mason Plumlee. Mason Plumlee's pretty good. So, I, and I think that's a big thing because before the season, like I said, a lot of people just were not very happy about the signing and thought he just wasn't that good. And he's he was really good this year. He was really good for the Pistons. So, if I had to give him a grade for his season, I'd have to give him an A. I ha- This is why. This is why I have to give Mason Plumlee an A. Because, like I said, the way I go about these grading systems, I have, what was your expectations? So, his expectations were not to be that good. So, there was his expectation. Did he meet that expectation? Yes. Did he exceed that expectation? Yes. So, that has to give him a high grade. And I think he, for his season, I think he had an A. He had career highs and a lot across the board. Like I said, he had triple doubles. So, I mean, I just don't see how Mason Plumlee wouldn't book, look back on this season for himself and be like, yeah, I'd probably give myself an A here. And I'll also give him one. So, Mason Plumlee, another good signing from uh, Troy Reaver that a lot of people laughed at and turned out to be wrong about. Mason Plumlee, A from me. Uh, next person we'll go with. Let's go ahead and go with. I'm not going to do like Tyler Cook, by the way, because like he was a 10 day guy, so he didn't really have expectations before the season. Um, I will do Frank Jackson since it was pretty early in the season. Um, and I, who else will? And I'm not going to do Dennis Smith Jr. either. Um, I will do Hami just because he's a fan favorite, and we can just talk about what he did this season. Um, but outside of that, I don't think. Who else was acquired? Corey Joseph. I'm not going to give Corey Joseph a, a grade. I mean, I can talk about him for a little bit, but he's not going to get like some elaborate explanation. But uh, anyways, next person I guess we'll do, we'll go ahead and go with, let's do a quick one. Let's go ahead and do Jaleel Okafor. So Jaleel Okafor, F. I, I Like I said, it's going to be a quick one. Jaleel Okafor, I just don't know. I, I just don't know what positive he could really take away from this season. Like I understand, like when, when the Pistons signed him, I understand what the point of it. Like, oh, here's a guy who was drafted high. He's still relatively young. Let's go ahead and just give him like a low contract and see if like we can get some some of that potential out of him. Uh, but we did not. The, the Pistons just didn't do that. Uh, he, he was awful. He, he was really, really bad. Uh, he, I mean, the thing with Jaleel Okafor is that, yeah, he can kind of put the ball in the bucket every now and then. Uh, actually, watching him this year, he's not as good as I thought he was at putting the ball in the bucket. Like, I thought he had way better footwork or a way better post game. Uh, he definitely showed that off sometimes when he got to play. But also, a lot of times, he would... <laughs> He would force up a shot and it, it does not get close or he'd like fall over his own feet sometimes. Uh, so he definitely wasn't even as good as advertised on offense, I, I would say. Like I thought he'd be a lot better in the post, uh, but he wasn't even that good in the post, I would say. 
And then also on defense, he was just horrific. It, it was just really bad. And then also rebounding wise, he can't. It was uh, Jaleel Okafor just isn't good. Uh, it sucks. Uh, he may have been good in a different era. He 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 may have been better in like the the early two thousands or the nineties or whatever. But this era he was in now, it just he's he's not very good. He just, he just isn't. And I'm sorry. I know I don't like calling people trash, but I just don't know if he's very good at all. So I I my grade for him would have to be like legit an F. I'm 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 sorry. I I don't like giving Fs out. It's not fun. Uh, but F I think is 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 the right grade for Julio Okafor. So. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get through the rest of the Pistons roster. But first, let me tell you a little bit about some of our sponsors. First one is Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-suited guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing in the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. According to this research, just 30 days of Headspace lowers stress by 32%, and just 4 sessions can reduce burnout by 14%. Only 3 weeks of use with Headspace has shown to cut aggressions to negative feedback by a whopping 57%. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you, on your schedule, anytime and anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash lockdownmba. That's headspace.com slash lockdownmba for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash lockdownmba today. And then let me tell you about another one of our reoccurring sponsors, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, which one of you guys bought and sent to me on Twitter, which is super dope. I hope you guys really liked it. It's packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So, like I said, we're going to return to grading the rest of the Pistons roster. We got through Mason Plumley, who I called an A. And then we also got to Julio Okafor, which is the complete 180, and I gave him an F. So, we're going to try to move a little bit faster. I actually spent a little too, much, too long on Mason Plumley, I guess. So, we'll try to make this a little bit faster. So, next up... We'll go ahead and go with, let's go with Josh Jackson. So Josh Jackson, let's go ahead and do the, like the the criteria that I said, his expectations. I would say that Josh's expectations by most Pistons fans was just like basically to come in and be a backup and yeah, that's it. Like I don't think many people really expected a lot from him. I think people just expect him to come in, like I said, just be a backup. And I think he did exceed those expectations. I think Josh was really, really good at points in the season. I feel like he also had some really low lows. Uh, I think those really low lows were kind of correlated with injuries, and like I've talked many times in this podcast about before. But like I said, I think Josh also had really high highs. He had really good moments for this season, really good stretches in this season. I think he was really good on defense this year. I think he really improved in the in the in the hustle department and and 
the focus on the game department. I think he just really became a much more mature player with the Pistons. Like I said, on defense, he's a lot better. And on offense, he still has some areas to grow. He can get to the basket whenever he wants. Like we, we've always talked about this on the podcast as well. But he still struggles from deep. And he also struggles with decision making. But overall, I would say that Josh did exceed expectations this season for the Pistons. So I, I'd like to say... I think I would have to give Josh probably a B for this season. I'd love to give him like a B plus, but his he also, like I said, he had some really low lows that were correlated with injuries. And while I sit here and talk about all the time how if he was just healthy throughout the season, I think he would have an even better season. Injuries are part of it, and I have to take that into account. So I think if I take into account his really low lows and also his really high highs, I think the average there would be a B. And I think that's actually a pretty good season for Josh. I think he had a really good season. I, I hope he's with the Pistons moving forward, even though, some people are talking about whether there's going to be an odd man out between him, Hamadou Diallo, the upcoming draft pick, and you know, and whoever other guard the Pistons end up signing or whatever. So I don't know. I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens with him. But I, I hope he's on the Pistons for the foreseeable future. The hometown kid, I, I like having him around. So that was Josh Jackson. I give him a B. Next person, we'll go with Saban Lee. Saban Lee, I'm going to give him a C plus. And this is why. So, like I said, did he meet expectations? Yeah, he. Yes, he met expectations. Did he exceed expectations? I would say yes. He probably exceeded some expectations, but I think that would be because his expectations were quite low. And I, he had like when he first came onto the scene, and like I forget what month it was that he like just came straight onto the scene and was like being put in the NBA.com's top 10 rookie ladder. So at, when he first came on, he was playing really well, like out of this world pretty well. And people were like, oh, God, who's this Saban Lee dude? Then he kind of cooled off for a little bit. He wasn't just straight up awful, but he, he definitely cooled off. And I feel like he started to play towards a level slightly above what people expected him from. His shooting, the lack of shooting really started to hinder him. He was still able to like puncture a defense, I guess. But it, it really started to hurt how well he could play because teams were really just like going five feet under screens and he just is incapable of doing anything about it. Um, the Killian and him backcourt towards the end of the season was a cool experiment. I think those two probably liked playing with each other. I know Killian Hayes came out and said he liked playing with Saban off, uh, off ball. Uh, that was a cool experiment. But overall, with Saban Lee's season, I would give him a C plus. I think he... I think he uh, overachieved. I think he ex- exceeded expectations, but not by much. And even if he did, it was because the expectations were quite low for a second round pick. So I would give him a, probably like a C plus on his season. All right. So next we'll go with Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. I think a lot of you guys are probably going to want to give this dude an A plus, but I'm not going to give him an A plus. I will give him an A. I'm not giving anybody on this list an A plus. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but I will give Isaiah Stewart an A. So going through the criteria again, did he exceed expectations? 100 freaking percent. When the Pistons drafted Isaiah Stewart, I saw almost every mock uh, or draft grade, I should say, gave them like a C minus, a D plus. I saw one place call him a dinosaur, call him prehistoric, said he didn't fit this NBA. He would be like, like uh, the odd man out. He wouldn't be able to fit with what's going on. So many people said they reached with him. They said he, they could have gone like late first round, maybe even second round pick. Like they were, they were absolutely trashing this pick by the Pistons when they drafted Isaiah Stewart. And then when I watched him in the preseason, I've said this on the package before, but when I watched him in the preseason, I didn't think he was going to be playable at all. I, I did not think that Isaiah Stewart would be playable early in the season. I thought maybe as the season went on, maybe they find room for him to play. Maybe he'd get better, but I did not think he looked ready at all. 
wow, where he's come from that. Like, imagine saying that by Isaiah Stewart. The, how far he's come, how much he's improved in just one single season. I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff we always say about Isaiah Stewart, so I don't want to make it sound like a reoccurring thing, but I, I know that can kind of be annoying sometimes. But it really is. It's like like, like we were told by Dwayne Casey that he'd start shooting threes next year. He started shooting threes this year, and he was decent at it. So it, it, and there's a lot of other things that he did, like his, his footwork in the pick-and-roll defense. He was much better on the glass than I thought he'd be. He was much better at protecting the rim than I thought he'd be. Both categories, he led the league for rookies in the NBA. There was just so many other things. He also showed some some minor post-game for the Pistons. Towards the end of the season, the last few games, he started taking two off the dribble on closeouts. Like There's just so many things I like about Isaiah Stewart. I, I think some people... I'm, I'm We'll eventually talk about this as the offseason goes on. I think I'm going to have to pump my brakes a little bit on how I feel about Isaiah Stewart. I don't want to get too out of pocket. But he definitely 100% exceeded every expectation possibly had for him. I think out of everybody on this list, I think the, there's only going to be one other player on this team that that could say they exceeded expectations as much as he did, and we'll get to that later. But I, I, I don't know. I think Isaiah Stewart probably has the best case for who exceeded the most expectations for the Pistons this year. I think it's probably Isaiah Stewart. This dude was completely counted out as soon as he was drafted, and no one liked the pick. And he completely came out here and has instantly become one of the Pistons' best young prospects, one of their their, their favorite fans, fan, fan favorites, I should say. I'm sorry. So it's it just how far he's come and where he, where he's at right now. It's just he definitely gets an A from me. I, I'm not going to give anybody an A+, plus, but he, if there's one person who gets close to it, it's Isaiah Stewart. He... He exceeded every expectation possible, I'm, and I think every Pistons fan is happy as hell to have him. So, When we come back, we're going to continue to grade the Pistons players' season. We've made it through about half the roster. Hopefully, we can finish the rest of them. Actually, not hopefully. We will finish the rest of them by the end of this podcast. But before we get to that, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as 1, 2, 3. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, reduces hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, go to Indeed.com slash locked for a $75 credit valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So like I said, we're going to finish grading the Pistons roster season this year. So next coming up, we're going to go ahead and go with Sadiq Bey. I think Sadiq Bey also, like Isaiah Stewart, gets an A. But I think not only did he meet expectations, I think Sadiq Bey was just like really good in general. Like even if his expectations were like as high as like as as he played this year, uh, he met expectations, and meeting those expectations would have been really good anyways. So just forgetting what my criteria is of meeting expectations, exceeding expectations, etc. If you just looked at how well he played. He he played really freaking well. He he was really good for the Pistons this year. He led all rookies and 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 most five plus three pointers ever for a rookie in a season. He broke that. He would have shattered the most three pointers in a season if we were playing an eighty two game season. He was like I believe third or fourth in seventy games played. He didn't even play. I believe he was DMP'd in like two of the first four games of the season. So who knows? We would have got two extra games to get threes up. 
But in an 82-game season, he definitely would have shattered that. At the beginning of the season, he was shooting like 17% on two-pointers. He ended the season shooting 45%, which is still not very good. But he made a vast improvement as the season went on. But he shot 38% from three on six and a half attempts a game. That's pretty good as well. Uh, he was he was really good for the Pistons this year. He stabilized the lineup. He was a stabilizing starter. He was a really, really good starter for the Pistons. I think he's probably the most secure. Like, if you had to try to be, like, like secure in the pit, one of the Pistons' prospects, like, who do you feel the, the safest about? I think it's easily Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey, you easily feel the most safe about being good in this league. Like, not worrying about someone taking a step back. So, I think the Pistons found their starter on the wing for the foreseeable future. He always, he may always just be like this. He may not get like a ton better, but even him just being like this is a quality player to have in your starting lamp. So I think I'd give Sadiq Bey an A. There's a really good season from him. And again, salute to Troy Reavers for hitting on almost every draft pick. Besides the only one that will get debate is Killing Hayes, who, who we'll get to later. But outside of that, he hit on everything and basically every signing too. So salute to Troy Reaver. We're going to go ahead. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and just give Troy Reaver a signing. I mean, a grading, I mean. We're going to go ahead and give Troy Reaver A plus. I know I, I lied. I lied at the beginning of the, uh, of the podcast. I said we were going to not give anyone an A plus. I really want to give Troy Reaver an A plus for the my little criteria of did you exceed expectations because, uh, like I said, Mason Plumley he was laughed at. Really good hit. Sadiq Bey, I mean, some people were good on Sadiq Bey, so, but he met expectations. That was good. Josh Jackson exceeded expectations. Isaiah Stewart, Really exceeded expectations. He pulled off getting Frank Jackson, who we'll get to soon. Hami, who we'll get to soon. So I, I, I'm getting close to giving him an A plus. Not everything. There's still something like the Bruce Brown trade is is still something I I really hold on to. But overall, I mean, I guess I give him. A, I guess the Bruce Brown trade makes it where I have to give him an A minus. But Troy Reaver, he's getting an A minus for me. I guess he he had a really good season, and just about every move move he made ended up like he ended up being able to laugh in everyone's faces, basically. And that was pretty cool to see. So, Troy Reaver, A-. So, let's go ahead and go to Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes, people are not going to like this grading if you're a stan of Killian Hayes. But, I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. This is just me being honest. I'm not going to just lie about his grading because people like Killian Hayes. So, I guess I'm going to have to give Killian a D+. Plus. Uh, a lot of people are probably not going to like that. I, I know that there's going to be people that are upset with that. But, listen... I like Killian still. Like I said, we've talked about him a lot in the podcast so far, and as you should for a top overall pick like he was. Um, but he just wasn't very good at all to start the season before his injury. He was actually awful before he got hurt. When he came back, he was much better. But still, he wasn't like – like he, he was good for like what our expectations were for him coming back from injury, but he, was, he wasn't great. Uh, you stalled the potential. I see what people like on him. I still like relatively high in Killian, but if you make me give a grade, I mean, I guess maybe D-plus is a little harsh, I guess. I don't know. He only played 26 games, so I could understand if someone wanted to grade him incomplete. That, that would be fair as well. So I guess, I guess I'd give him like a D-plus, C-minus, something like that. I, just, I can't give him anything of a C or above because it just – the beginning of the season was so bad. And even towards the end of the season, he still had a few games that were just like sinkers as well. And there's a lot of things he has to improve on. I'm still relatively high in Killian. I, I, I really like him moving forward. But as his rookie season, either you give him an incomplete grading, which would be fine with me, or you have to give him like a C minus D plus. And that's just being honest about it. So Killian Hayes, D plus, C minus. Next person, we'll go ahead and go with Sekou Dumboya. Uh, this, one, this one's tough for me. 
We've talked. I kind of talked about this a little bit when I first joined the podcast. I kind of talked about what people's expectation was versus my expectation of Seiku before the season, whether whether he was meeting my expectations or whatever. I had like a big rant about that, but I'd have to give Seiku, being like being completely honest, I'd have to give him like a D plus, and I I honestly don't know. It's it's hard for me to give him a D plus because I kind of want to give him. I kind of want to give him a better grade because I feel like he wasn't really put in a situation to really exceed my expectations. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and spoil what my video is about. It's about Seku. That's coming out on my YouTube channel over on Ku's Ballroom this week or this weekend. Uh, but really, I'll, I'll kind of like tease it a little bit. His last 16 games or the last, what was it, since April 5th, he was playing really good basketball. I'm, I'm going to talk about all of it. I don't want to talk about too much here because I have a video coming out on it. But he he was playing once he got like consistent minutes, consistently high minutes, he started playing really really well. And there's there's a ton to like about Seku moving forward. I'm telling you, I know there's a lot of people out there who are already out on him and just done with him. That's fine. You guys can be wrong. All of you guys who stick around and was able to say, you know what, the jury's still out. I think I hope you guys saw that there was a lot to like about Seku moving forward. I think he showed that since April 5th after the New York Knicks blowout. But I can't ignore like the multiple months before then. And even though I believe that he was given an unfair shot and wasn't really given uh, a fair chance to do anything, I still have to be honest with this grading and I had to give him a D plus. So Seiku D plus and that hurts to give, but it's just me being honest. So next we'll go with Jeremy Grant. Actually, no, I want to, I want to save Jeremy for last. I want, I want to save him for last. So we'll go with Frank Jackson, Frank Jackson, another player, a, like, he was a two-way player. There was no way that anyone expected him to be as good as he was. There's just, like, there's no way. You can't tell me that anyone saw him being this good for the Pistons. Like, it's gotten to a point where we're, we were having conversations, and we're still having this conversation about who's better. Who would you rather keep if you had to pick one, Frank Jackson or Josh Jackson? And I don't think anyone would have thought that that conversation would start being had uh, at the beginning of the season. No one thought that. Uh, so, like, for example, over the last 30 games of the season, he shot four... This is crazy just looking at, man. He, over the last 30 games of the season, once he started to play, uh, before then, this is so his, this is his, um, he only played before this, he only played nine games. So this is basically all of his season. So the lar- most of his season, he shot 47% from the field. He shot f- 42% from deep on four and a half attempts. He, uh, and he averaged 12.4 points and shot 81% from the free throw line. Now, he didn't pass very much. He averaged only .9 assists. But he was out there scoring efficiently, and he has so many moves in his bags. Like, no one saw this coming. Like, when he started playing well and started doing this, it shocked the hell out of me. I did not see this coming at all. And he 100% exceeded the living hell out of his expectations. I I almost think that he should be the one that's on the level of Isaiah Stewart with his expectations because, like I said, it, it was... Frank Jackson is is a really cool player to watch. And I'm happy the Pistons got him. He gets an A from me for his season. And he's going to get a contract from the Pistons this season. He 100% freaking deserves that contract he's going to get. So, really good season for Frank Jackson. Glad he's on the Pistons. He gets an A from me. Uh, next, is there anyone I'm forgetting before we go to Jeremy Grant? Let's see. Did I go through all these guys? I guess. Oh, and Hami. I, I'll give Hami a grade since he's like a fan favorite. I, I don't want... I. I wasn't going to give any of the guys we acquired halfway through the season a grade because it's like half a season. But I, Hammy is Hammy. I keep calling him Hammy. Hammy is a fan favorite, so I, I'll give him like a little like half season grade. I think Hammy gets like a B, 
a B minus kind of because he had that stretch when he really was struggling. But outside of that, I think he played really well and showcased how high his ceiling is, which I think is really freaking high. So I'd give him like a B minus on the season because of that stretch he had. But outside of that, I think he was relatively good for the Pistons. He could get to the basket whenever. He had his career high of 35 points in one of the last games of the season. So he was relatively good. I'll give him a B minus. Really like Hami. I, I really like his future with the Pistons. I can't wait to see how much he gets paid this offseason by them. I guess we'll have to make that a pretty big topic moving forward. But can't wait to see how much he gets paid. B minus for me for Hamadou Diallo. So outside that, I believe I've hit on everybody. I'm not going to give Davia Savitas, by the way, a grade. He gets incomplete. Uh, Wayne Ellington, I'm not giving him a grade either. Magruder, he, uh, not getting grades for me. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not giving those dudes grades. Savitas didn't play enough at all this year. I know he played like a couple games towards the end. But there's no way you can expect me to give him a grade. We we didn't see him at all, so it's incomplete for him. Um, and also the same excuse with Dennis Smith Jr. for why we're not giving him one. But last but not least, Jeremy Grant. Now, this was the player I was talking about that I think could rival and probably, you could probably say, exceeded expectations even more than Isaiah Stewart did. Now, I made an article over at Detroit Bad Boys about Jeremy Grant. You can go look it up and find it. Just type my name and Jeremy Grant. You'll see it. It was blown up all over the place. Yes, I'll, I'll tap myself on the back for that one. But he, you guys should have seen, if you didn't see, and I'm sure you guys did, but if you didn't, he was getting absolutely ripped before the season. Not only did I see Piston fans calling him Josh Smith 2.0, I saw people taking victory laps after his first preseason game. Preseason, not regular season game. Preseason game with the Pistons. People were absolutely ripping him after that. And they were t- it was crazy how bad people were laughing at his contract, laughing at Troy Weaver for giving it to him, telling about he has no handle, he can't do this, he can't do that, there's no way he's going to succeed in this type of role, he's never even shown any kind of potential to do this, I don't know what they're seeing in him, he's going to be awful, and I think we all can say he completely and utterly shattered every bit of expectation they gave him and shut all of them up. He averaged 22 points a game this season, 43% from the field, 35% from deep, a career high, 84% from the uh, free throw line. He averaged 1.1 blocks a game as well, 2.8 assists, 4.6 rebounds. So a really good season from Jeremy Grant. Uh, he he was playing really really well, like even better than that before the Pistons got rid of Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose. It was once that happened, and then the Pistons started playing all their young guys. He was basically the only guy out there on the floor who could really do anything. So teams just started completely focusing everything on him. So it understands. I understand why his efficiency went down the way it did towards the end of the year. But if you watched him throughout the season, like you should still be like absolutely thrilled with what you're seeing from him. Like his efficiency dropped, but that's efficiency isn't everything. That's not the only way you should be evaluating players. So if you watched him, he still was showing incredible drives. He was still showing the ability to get separation and take due to the rim, create one on one. Which, by the way. That was the biggest thing with Jeremy that people questioned about him. Whether he, They said that he was incapable of creating his own shot. He was incapable of doing anything with the ball in his hands. And I just want to once again say, we said this with one of our guests, uh, Amari was on for the Detroit Free Press. Jeremy Grant ranked in the 71st percentile in isolation, scoring 0.975 points per possession. Synergy ranks that as very good. Now understand, 71st percentile in the entire NBA and these, this was a dude that they said had no chance of doing anything with the ball in his hands. Jeremy Grant was freaking amazing for the Pistons this year. I understand Julius Randle's going to win most improved player of the year because of what he did with the New York Knicks, and I'm not going to poo-poo that. But Jeremy, let's not forget what he did. I, I feel like his season really was getting forgotten 
because of all the rookies and, and the new shiny toys with all of them and stuff. And once he started sitting and the Pistons started like purposely tanking and making him sit out games, people just started to forget what he did this year. And don't forget what he did this year. Just don't. He he was amazing this year for the Pistons. And if anything, I think he might get an extension at some point from the Pistons. And if he continues to get better, if he gets even better next year, plus with the Pistons draft pick, he might accelerate the Pistons' rebuild. Like He might make it to where the Pistons have to say, okay, maybe we should try to start winning earlier in this guy's time frame because Jeremy Grant's really freaking good. So A, a from me for Jeremy Grant. I'm close. I, I almost want to give Jeremy Grant an A+. I'm not joking. I, I, I know I said I didn't want to give anyone an A+, but he's the one that makes me really want to give someone an A+. But Jeremy Grant, amazing season, best player in the Pistons, and great to have him, man. A, a for me. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. That's all my grading for the Pistons players this season. I know there's going to be probably one that you guys, the Killian Stans, really don't like, the fact that I gave him a D plus, C minus. But it is what it is. That's just me being honest, man. It is what it is. I, I have to be honest. I can't sit here and lie to the, the American people. I have to keep it a buck. So, I'll see you guys in the next podcast. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And until the next one, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.